This week, man, really cool guests on the show. We've got a guy called Ali Stevenson who started up this cool brand called Turntable. I love this because it's it encompasses music and whiskey. And I know you're a big music guy. I'm a big music guy. You, your tastes in music are a little bit different from mine, you country boy, you. we start the show about you know just chatting about our kind of musical tastes and what we like I, I think one of the funniest things about you or i should say the coolest thing about you is your ability to play the piano and just completely play from you which we've had a lot of fun times just sitting around the piano where you've just been playing it and we just <laughs> got a bottle of whiskey sitting there and yeah, we have, haven't we? yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, so i grew up with music so that's that's the other thing as well like i, I grew up with pianos in the house you know i've always played play piano I play the drum kit I play guitar and uh, I know you play the drums as well Max right you're you're pretty handy in the old sticks and pads yeah I used to be in a band mate one man band like one man you? band yeah <laughs> those guys just with the drum kit you know like walking along <laughs> the t- tambourine in your head <laughs> <laughs> mouth organ exactly. um, no but like yeah I, like I've seen you play the drums before as well you're, you're pretty good man you're pretty good still in it I do but... I, s- I still have a drum kit yeah but yeah, I mean, whiskey and music, right? You don't, uh, my analogy, I use this a lot for whiskey tastings is whiskey is very much like music based on your taste. And it depends what style of whiskey that you want to drink, similar to your music selection of what you want to listen to. So it kind of makes sense that, you know, Ali's brought out this this brand based on music and music styles. Yeah, even the terminology with music and whiskey is very similar. We're talking about notes. Right, so the notes of the the whiskey and the notes of the the music is that's you know this this collaboration there, yeah. and I always remember like specifically just with moments of whiskey and music, like there are songs that I can remember that just take me to different drums, right? So, like I remember sitting with Ronnie Cox listening to to Led Zeppelin as we were drinking, uh, you know, Glenrothes, and there's just moments of the 1995 Glenrothes and him just talking. He's a massive Led Zeppelin fan, and it was just that moment of those two things colliding. Two things that you might not necessarily put in the same room, which is Ronnie Cox and Led Zeppelin, but he's like, like rocking out and really going for it. And that's it. Like similar for me, you know, my, I know you joke that I like country music, but I like everything from classical Chopin and all these other kind of amazing old historical styles of music right through to kind of modern funk, blues, jazz, some of the old old country, some of the new country. Uh, but you're the same, right? You're, you're more of a rocker. Right? You You like some kind of rockier stuff. Yeah, like a little bit of rock, for sure. Old school hip-hop. Yeah, yeah. Definitely up there. And I'm definitely chilling out, though. I'm getting, like, more into that sort of trip-hoppy, just chillaxing, kind of lounging music. Stop trying to sound young. Trip-hopping, chillaxing. Who the fuck do you think you are? (laughs) Sitting sitting back in Starbucks with a macchiato. Behave yourself. Chillaxing. (laughs) The kids these days with a Pepsi Cola and a rock and roll. So, like, for, for for you, Mitch, like, do you have specific moments where music and whiskey, like, collide? No. <laughs> <laughs> Here at the podcast, for those of you who listen to the show regularly, you'll know that we dive into the world of whiskey. Not just the big names and the heavy hitters, but we also get into the weird, wild, and wacky side of, of whiskey and whiskey news. 
And of course, we're all about shining a light on those amazing folks who bring us unique small batch spirits. I'm pleased to say that today that is the case, and I'm joined. I'm joined by a guest uh, who is doing just that. Today, I've got on the show Ali Stevenson, part of the duo behind Turntable Spirits, uh, and and we're going to get into. Ali's story with regards to crafting a new experience all about the magic of music and whiskey. Ali, welcome to the show, man. How are you getting on this fine morning? And have you had a whiskey yet? <laughs> no whiskey yet. Unfortunately, I was driving this morning, but uh, no whiskey just yet. But thanks very much for having me. It's uh, it's great to be on. And yeah, I'm doing well. Good, man. Good. And you're in, you're in Fife right now, you were saying? Yeah, in Fife. So away traveling to the Art of Drinks in the Netherlands tomorrow. So I had to drop my dog off with my parents for the weekend. So I'm down, down at theirs just now. You guys sent me a sample package. I want to say it was about maybe four or five months ago from, from as we record this. Um, I, you know, I, straight away, as soon as I, I opened the package, I was a huge fan. Just love the packaging. I want to get into the names of what you guys have called your whiskeys. We, we need to tell everyone that because they're just superb. Uh, you know, and, and I went through your whiskeys a while back and I thought they were absolutely banging. Can you tell us a little bit more, firstly, about yourself? And I know your brother's involved in this as well. Uh, how did you guys get into it? What's your music background? What's your whiskey background? Let's go. Let's spill the beans, man. Uh, yeah, so Gordon and I started Turntable together, Turntable Spirits. We launched with three limited editions in April this year and followed up with three core range releases. Uh, that's August, September. Um, so been really exciting, going great so far. But basically, we both worked in the Scotch whiskey industry for about 10 years or so. So I'd worked with Ben Riach, Glendrona, Glenglassa, Glenallachie, some some really awesome brands. And Gordon worked with Inverhouse for nine years. So they have some really, really cool single malts as well. Balblair, Old Pulteney, uh, Spadeburn, uh, Anok. So really, really great brands. And he also worked at Douglas Lane for a while. Um, and we'd both been fortunate enough to kind of travel the, the whiskey world quite far and wide over the last decade. And one frustration we'd always kind of shared is this perception around the world that single malt always seems to be the quality and blends are very much the volume. And we really wanted to challenge that perception in some ways. So we always kind of thought actually blending started very much with the the kind of best intentions it started all about flavor development quality consistency and ultimately that's really driven the, the success of the scotch whiskey industry now i mean through a long period of time i think the the direction has maybe changed a little in terms of the the supply wasn't always there to keep up with the the new global demand so blends maybe changed a little in terms of the Obviously, the volumes had to grow, so casks were used more and more times. The percentage of grain whiskey went up. Um, the whiskey's got younger, so sometimes maybe the, the quality wasn't quite what it once was when it started. Um, and then we also kind of thought to ourselves, there's been this amazing boom in single malt Scotch whiskey over the last 20 or 30 years, and there's no doubt that's very much driven by quality, but we also believe that it's 
today's consumer really wants to feel attached to the brand itself. They want more information about how the whiskey's made, who is making it, where it's coming from, the history, the casks. So started turntable with this idea, could we try and take the best from both categories in some way? Could we take the sort of creativity and scope for innovation, flavor development that you'd find in the world of blending, but combine that with the care to detail and the transparency and the connection that you'd find in the world of single malt, create something unique, special, and hopefully really improve the perception of blended whiskies as an overall category. So um, yeah, that, that's a, a little intro to what we're doing at Turntable. I mean, I guess our musical background for Gordon and I is fairly minimal in terms of <laughs> we have no musical talent at all but uh we, you guys aren't going to start a, second... a band or anything no no absolutely not but uh it's definitely a second love for us behind whiskey like we both we've always loved music growing up going to loads of concerts and i guess we we just love this uh connection between whiskey and music as well in terms of I was think it's I want to I want to get into that in a second but I want to rewind a little bit and you dropped a couple of big names there that you guys worked for but what did you do for them were you part the the blending department were you marketing what what was the 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 story there so say it's a I mean we both have a, a bit of a sales background especially internationally um and that was definitely my background at Benria Glendronach Glenglasa um I joined Glenallachy just at the the beginning of their journey now, where it was uh, when Billy Walker and a small team acquired the distillery from Pernod Ricard. So I think there was only five of us at the beginning there. And I worked there for three years. So it was a really amazing learning experience because you just got so much uh, so much access to all different departments and such a great learning curve in terms of getting underneath the skin of a, of all the stock and bringing a completely new range, new portfolio um, to to the whiskey world. So, I mean, I've, I've been very fortunate through my career through the last 10 years to work very closely with Billy. Um, and I would say latterly, especially at Glenallachie, got to work much closer on the whiskey side of things as well, which was a great a great learning curve. Um, Gordon, as I said, very much uh, international sales. And then I think with Douglas Lane, similarly got a, a real better understanding of blending and whiskies coming from many different distilleries and the the sort of wood management cycle and how to nurture those spirits so i'd say we both have a commercial sales background but have been trying to get as close to the production and blending side as as we can for the last uh, five years or so very cool man so i mean you know from my point of view I think we've got a lot of similarities. We're both in the corporate world and then we've both gone solo. So I know my challenges that I had with doing that. And, you know, one of them is you're not getting that regular paycheck coming in every month. You're doing it for yourself. But I didn't have the the huge investment of, of uh, you know, producing a whiskey, producing the the packaging, going out and finding the the kind of the whiskey to put into it. How is that for you guys? I mean, that must have been a big conversation and a big step moving away from corporate as well, right? For sure. I mean, Gordon and I 
had wanted to work together on our own project for for a long time before we started buying casks and then i think in a way it was when the pandemic hit that we thought like now's now's the time to really get started so we we actually started buying casks and putting plans in place kind of 2020 and we knew we needed that time to do the re-racking get the wood management to a place that we were really happy with the quality of the liquid before we would even consider releasing in 2023 but yeah, taking that that leap is definitely a, a big decision. Um, and in terms of actually financing it, I mean, it's been it's been a really interesting journey for us on that one, and continues to be. So on the design side, we turned to a, a company called First Craft in Glasgow, who are I mean really fantastic. But it was uh, one of my one of my best friends at university started the company I think seven or eight years ago. So we we have a good relationship and uh, we always we were always going to work t- together with them on this project. So that that was a really nice one to be able to turn to a friend on that. And I guess in terms of the the capital to start investing in whiskey stocks and casts and re racking, we did turn to banks and things at the start trying to look for loans and never really had much success with that which seemed incredibly frustrating but now in a way we're kind of grateful and that we we have managed to do all ourselves to date um we do have a, a sort of second side of the business where we do whiskey brokering as well uh, so we we buy casts and sell on casts and that's been quite profitable over the last few years and all the profits that we make on that side, we would reinvest into our own stock and into brand building activities for turntables. So it's that that model has worked quite well. On that broking side, we do try and, or we are res- as responsible as we can possibly be and that we'll only sell to people if we know is with the intention for it to go into a bottle and for the the whiskey to be bottled and to be drunk. So we're really conscious we never wanted to do anything that would fuel a sort of secondary cast market, collector's market, and drive those prices up. Um, so it's, a, it's an important part of our business. But yeah, we, uh, we, we're very conscious of who we sell to on that side as well. That's all another other episode there, mate, that we, we could get into, Sorry. which we won't we won't get into. I want to concentrate on turntable here. You know, yeah. I, one of the things I love about you guys and, and anyone listening right now, if you're you know on your phone or you, you can access a laptop or whatever, go onto the turntable website, have a look at not only the branding, but also the names that you guys are. I, I love these names. So to give you get the listeners an idea on some of the names that you've created for your whiskies, we've got Paradise Funk, uh, Bittersweet Symphony, Smoking Riff. And my favourite Firestarter because I'm a bit of a prodigy fan. Uh, so let's let's talk about the where did this idea come in with regards to music and whiskey? Was this like you get you and Gordon sitting down having a load of drams, listening to some tunes, and be like, "I oh, no one's done this before, let's do it," or was there some other inspiration behind it? it no, it was it was kind of like that. Um, so as I said, we we both have this sort of love passion for music, and I guess exploring that connection between whiskey and music was always quite appealing to us in terms of we sort of think both have the ability to take the the drinker or the listener to a completely different place a different time so if you if you close your eyes take a sip of whiskey it can take you somewhere completely different and the same with music and we think uh, 
looking at that connection and what pairs well with which whiskey is totally personal. But uh, we thought it was quite a fun route to go down where people could get involved and just spark imagination and look at things in a different way. Um, and also the whole kind of goal behind Turntable was this changing the perception of blended whiskey. So we had this idea about flipping the record on ordinary and doing things differently and yeah, just trying to trying to challenge convention in some ways. But uh, it's been a it's been a fun route in terms of naming the whiskies and stuff as well. That's yes. uh, opened up loads of possibilities and a lot of fun. And I, I actually think it's been great when we're doing tastings and market visits and things people really get involved in it. They want to tell us what they're listening to with the whiskies. They want to suggest names or tracks for upcoming releases and stuff. So it's quite nice. Yeah. I've got I've got a few ideas for you on that one. Um but let's let's chat about the whiskey side of things. What we're we talking about, when's the music collaborator coming in? You know, there's always a big like artist that gets and we talk about this. We just literally talked about um, you know, P. Diddy with the whole Diageo thing and Ciroc. When's that when's that gonna happen for you guys? You've been chatting oh, to anyone? I no, I can't see that one happening. It's yeah. uh, it's quite funny. The the first whiskey we released in our limited editions this year was called Joy Discovery Invention. So it's actually a, a song by Biffy Clyro, who were a band who are Glasgow band at the same were at the same school as Gordon and I. So it was the first track on their first ever album. And it was also the first concert I went to. So um it seemed like there was some nice kind of synergy there and I, I just love the actual words and the name as well i thought it really tied in well to what we we're doing with turntable that joy discovery invention seemed a seemed a good fit but anyway i did uh, i did send some samples out to the band just to see if they had any feedback but whenever we've not heard anything back on that oh, one they, dude they listen to the show man come on biffy get get, <laughs> get back to ali here what's what's going on um yeah so I love the transparency that you guys have. It, it it reminds me a little bit, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but a little bit of Compass Box where they talk about, you know, everything that goes into... To oh, of the... course. No, no, we have, we have huge respect for the guys at Compass Box. They're doing, a, doing an amazing job and certainly an inspiration to us as well. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, let's let's top line some of the, you, you know, the expressions that you guys have and what you put into to these. So can we chat about the, the core range that you guys have and, and what goes into them? Sure. Um, yeah, so... It's, I mean, Paradise Funk, we kind of, we wanted to really focus on this sort of tropical, fruity style of whiskey. So we're really focusing on working with some uh, sort of space-side malts, older grain whiskies, bourbon cast, virgin oak, chinkapin, ex-cognac. So really sort of focusing on dialing up those fruity flavors and um, we do we do call out all the percentages all the actual distillers um on and the and the cast types on our website as well so we do do give the full breakdowns on that but that's the kind of style that we were after on the paradise funk on the bittersweet symphony we wanted to go for something really heavy full-bodied rich kind of sherry style whiskey um so we used quite heavy styles of malt in that. So we used both Craig Ellicke and Balmena. Um, and then also PX casks, Oloroso casks, and then using some virgin oak, uh, Speyside whiskey. I think it's is it Blair Athol. I think it's Blair Athol. Or, uh, no, so, no, sorry, Blair Athol, Ben Rennes, maybe. And uh, some older grain whiskey again. So some North British and virgin oak casks. 
Um, I sometimes feel like sherry whiskey can become, I, I love sharing matured whiskey, but it sometimes can become just a little one-dimensional if it's sort of thin spirit and big PX cast that it can be really sort of sweet PX dominate, uh, dominant. So we were conscious that we wanted to use those heavier styles of mould, really get the Oloroso style through as well. So it was a, a well-balanced whiskey that has that sweetness, but also a lot of sort of spice and dry and those bitter dark chocolate notes as well. And then on the smoking riff, we, the the peated element in that is coming from Kalila. That's uh, yeah, so it's thirty percent from Kalila, so thirty percent peated. Everything else is unpeated, and then we're combining that sort of campfire salty smoke style with some sherry matured whiskey again. So quite a lot of PX coming from Craig Ellicky and Knockdo, I think, and then with some North British virgin oak. So. This one, again, really well-balanced, peated whiskey that the first flavour you get is that sort of salty campfire smoke, but then really softens and mellows into some of those sherry-matured flavours as well. So, we, yeah, I mean, we've been delighted with the, the feedback. That's excellent, man. You, so I mean, you guys should, yeah. yeah, you guys should be very proud. You know, when you sent me the samples, I was, I was really impressed with everything you guys are doing. Thanks, um, thanks so much. I think, you know, small small batch blenders like yourself right now, they're, they're seeing hard times with regards to the casks that they can source. Uh, the cost is going up in a huge way. Are you guys seeing that? How are you combating that? You know, how do you see the future as well for Turntable moving forward if, if we keep moving forward the way we are? Yeah, um, I mean, there's no doubt that some of the cask prices out there and the supply has been tight over the last couple of years and has been, has been challenging. Fortunately, as I said, we started buying casts 2020 or so, and we managed to get a little ahead of the game on it and our sort of stock yeah, stock management for us is absolutely critical in everything we do, and we really try to put a focus on long-term planning. So we do have quite a decent stock portfolio now that we have, I think it's around 800 casts or so, and the vast majority have been re-racked into wood that we've sourced directly from the US or from Spain or from mainland Europe and trying to get that to a point that we're really, really happy with. We're always looking ahead to what the requirements are for stock to continue to grow the brand on the trajectory, on the trajectory that we're looking for. So it's... I mean, now I would say we're really looking to secure some longer term supply agreements and even beginning to focus on getting some young, younger whiskey, new fillings where we can have full control over the wood management over the, the entire term. Um, but it's a, it's a constant challenge and one that Gordon and I work pretty closely on. Well, it's great to hear you've got, you've got such big stocks that you're sitting on right now. So well, well done for that. I, I want to forward, fast forward you 10 years from now into the future. You're, you and Gordon are looking back on yourselves. You know, what advice would you give yourselves right now on starting up uh, a business within whiskey? And, and that can be good or bad. Probably not just with whiskey. I think starting any business in a way is try to be solution focused instead of problem focused. Try things, things are going to go wrong. Um, it's absolutely inevitable and try to, stay calm and look for the solutions instead of worrying about the problems. So 
I would say Gordon's better than me at that one. So I uh, <laughs> I lean into him a bit on that. Um, and then, I mean, on the whiskey side of things, I, most advice I would give anyone, and I hope that I continue to do it, is just to always continue to learn and always look for learning opportunities. Um, it's such an exciting industry and it's ever-changing, but there is there is so much to learn and uh, that's what I love about it. And, you know, what are you guys doing doing in the future? You've just had a, a new release is, is, is come out. So can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So obviously the, the core range was a, a really big one for us. The, the three whiskies that we spoke about there, the Paradise Funks, uh, Bittersweet Symphony, Smoke and Riff, they, they come with a, a different challenge than the first three limited editions and that we will bottle these again and we will need to it's an interesting one so obviously we would aim for some consistency there but um i would say our goal is different to most blenders and that i'd say most blended whiskies that you see on the market the number one priority is consistency for for us i would say we'll have a consistent style but we would almost celebrate slight differences in each batch and that we'll try to bottle the best whiskey we can each time so if we have some really amazing casts available to us at that time we're not going to shy away from blending them and using them because we're afraid that it makes the product a little inconsistent or something that we couldn't replicate in the future so i would say our our core whiskies will almost go on a a journey and that they'll they'll stay in the same flavor style but each time we bottle there'll be some nuances and I would think about that the same way I look at single malts compared to blended whiskies. If you look at a single malt, a space-side 12-year-old, over the last five years, most of them would evolve and change a little through the course of time. Uh, that's kind of how I view our core range whiskies going. But we have one more limited edition whiskey coming up uh, this year. We're hoping to release towards the end of November. And yeah, we're really excited about that one. We're doing a, a collaboration with a New World Whiskey that we'll try to combine that with different Scotch whiskies to give it a completely different spin. And we've worked very closely with one uh, one New World distillery uh, to create this product. So I, I think it'll be really exciting when we can share that one. It's uh, It's been an exciting one. That's very cool, man. You know, I'm really excited to 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 see the evolution of turntable spirits and what what you guys do because I think it's fantastic so far. Not only with the branding, uh, with the names, but most importantly with the liquid liquid and what you guys are putting in the bottles. You know, so congratulations again, Ali. Um, now shameless plug for the brand. I imagine there's a lot of our listeners that are now educated on turntable spirits, but they want to go out and they want to try it for themselves. Where can they do that? Where can they find you guys on social? Uh, so, of course, on our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, at Turntable Spirits. Um, and in terms of finding us in retailers, we're very much focused on specialist uh, specialist whiskey shops. So most, hopefully, hopefully getting to most of your local specialist shops. But uh, online, you'd find from Master Malt, Abbey Whiskey, um and a number of others yeah and is that just uk only right now or have you you gone worldwide no so i mean so that's uk but we are available in germany france netherlands 
just launch, launching in Switzerland. We're in Taiwan. We're just launching in Canada. And we have a few other markets lined up. So we're hoping to be in Japan, Korea, Hong Kong by early next year. And hoping also to be in Poland, Denmark, Belgium within the next few months as well. So we'll have a, have a nice international footprint there as well. Fantastic, Ali. Well, listen, it's been great chatting to you, man. Hopefully we can do it in person over a dram, not first sure. thing in the morning next time. Uh, but, you know, all the best. I look forward to seeing what's going on with Turntable. Thank you for your time to be on the show as well, man. Awesome. No, thanks so much for having me. It's, uh, yeah, thanks so much for the support. We really appreciate that. Yeah, so since I spoke to Ali, um, the cool thing that they've actually done is they've teamed up with uh, Star Wars. So Turntable and Star Wars have teamed up. Star Wars, we've, we've had David Vitale on the show before, really great brand out of Australia, doing a lot of really funky, cool things. So we're seeing this collaboration come in, uh, you know, one-off, like I say, with these two distilleries that's that's combining Australian whiskey along with Scotch whiskey. And the Scotch whiskey is coming from Kalila Inchgar and North British. So one of the things that Ali cool. didn't mention in this interview, uh, it's literally just come to light as we're dropping this today. So uh, great to see that happening. Very cool. And on the music side of things, Mitch, apparently you have to drink that whiskey whilst listening to Men at Work Down Under, which oh. is mandatory, mandatory. Oh. Like what you did there. Do you see what I did? Have you ever, you ever heard the, the lead singer of Men at Work? It's a guy called Colin Hay from no. Glasgow. So they were in a Australian band. Yeah, but he was like the Australian rock band, but he was born in Glasgow and he has absolutely not lost his accent at all. So when you just hear him talk, he is right out of the East End. (laughs) (laughs) All right, mate, how's it going? I'm Colin Hay. Here's a song for you. (laughs) And then bust into No, honestly, he's, he's got a very kind of broad Scottish accent. It's pretty funny. Well, guys, hopefully you enjoyed that interview with Ali. Um, Yeah, check out some turntable. Really cool stuff. Good to see such a sort of vibrant brand, different Scotch whiskey going out there as well. We're always excited to see that on the show. Uh, But yeah, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you for our final episode of the year, which is going to drop next week. So stay tuned for that one. It's an absolute banger. See you next time. Bye.